Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning. Wednesday, May 19th, praise be to God. Does Jesus matter anymore? That's the question. It's going to be a part of our conversation today with Cy Kellett from Catholic Answers, Catholic Answers live host. He has uh, published a book called A Teacher of Strange Things, who Jesus was, what he taught, and why people still follow him. And the reason why he wrote this book was because of the increasing number of young people that he has spoken to that seem to have no idea who Jesus really was, why we believe in him. And to them, everything that we do seems peculiar and strange, and they just can't wrap their heads around it. I think it speaks to the ever-increasing scandal of disbelief and of apostasy. And so we're going to have that conversation with Cy Kellett today in our guest segment. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, it's uh, good to be here as usual. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good conversation. I was listening to some interviews with uh, Sai, and it was very fascinating. He was bringing up a lot of really good points that I hadn't thought of before. Like he was saying, uh, yeah, think about it. Isn't it weird how Christians all across the world claim to have a personal relationship with someone who allegedly died 2000 years ago? Isn't that weird? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know. When you put it that way, it is kind of weird. Uh, so he uh, he kind of approaches it from a uh, standpoint of these the average millennial or average young person today that have not been told the truth. And so it'll be a good conversation. Yes. I mean, the ever-increasing nuns, right, to that category of persons that have no belief whatsoever. So this is a resource, uh, this particular book. That's why we're having the conversation that one could give away to to someone who is asking these tough questions. And it might be a great resource to help bring them back or into the church. So praise be to God. Cy Kellett will be our conversation today. You know, I was, I'm excited. Yesterday, after the show went off the air, uh, we, you and I, Adrian, we recorded a wonderful conversation with Dr. Paul Kangor about Karl Marx, the founder of socialism, the father uh, he wasn't the founder of socialism, but he his version of socialism uh, really gave the foundation for communism and for the atrocities we see being perpetuated across the world today. There's so many who embrace uh, Marxist socialism today. It's kind of scary. We had a an hour-long conversation with him about his book, The Devil and Karl Marx. I'm going to be giving the entire uh, interview away to our email list, so you'll get the entire hour, probably tomorrow evening, tomorrow afternoon. I'll send that to your inbox. We'll play 20 minutes of the conversation on the show next week, so you'll at least get a taste of that conversation next week. But if you want the whole thing, you need to be on our email list, and you can do that by simply texting the letters GRN to 42828. Take out your cell phone, text GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to 42828. Or join us on our website. You can join the email list there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Powerful interview with Dr. Paul Kengor on 
uh, the devil and Karl Marx. Was he possessed? Well, <laughs> I wonder if you've read the book. It was, it was pretty powerful. At any rate, that's coming up tomorrow, so be sure to get onto the email list if you're not already on there. We're going to dive into the headline news as well as uh, the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We're going to have a What's Concerning Us segment. There is a couple of stories there that we want to dive into, and we'll be doing that. One is, uh, you know, uh, sort of lim- sort of related to our conversation today about um, the faith, the crisis in the faith with Cy Kellett. Well, there's this article out about a seminarian who's about to not only leave the seminary, but leave the faith altogether. And I think that's a powerful conversation we should have. So all of that coming up in this hour. If you can join us in the next hour, praise be to God. We would love to have you. We have a game show to play, and prizes are at stake. Thanks to BrightlyHued.com for being our sponsor this week. You can find all the details at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines. According to the Western Journal this morning, Biden has canceled the Keystone Pipeline. However, he will waive sanctions on a company in charge of a Russian pipeline through Germany. Seems to be contradictory, but uh, here's another story. Epic Times reports 19 states urge President Biden to reinstate the Keystone XL Pipeline after the Colonial Pipeline hack. 19 GOP-led states called on President Joe Biden to reinstate the Keystone XL pipeline following a ransomware attack that shut down the Colonial Pipeline for several days, triggering gas shortages and a spike in gas prices. The letter, penned by 19 states, noted that the White House took several significant emergency steps last week to secure the supply chain and try to curb fuel shortages following the, the Colonial Pipeline shutdown. Quote, a temporary shutdown of one's pipeline's full capacity operations shouldn't bring half the country to the brink, unquote, the states wrote to Biden on Monday, according to the letter. Quote, we need more safe and clean energy sources, and that includes the Keystone XL pipeline, unquote. According to LifeSite News, Arizona election audit found evidence of data deletion and ballot mishandling. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan has revealed that data appears to have been deleted from a voting machine in Arizona's Maricopa County, among other irregularities. In a letter last week to Maricopa County Board Chairman Jack Sellers, Fan, who ordered the ongoing audit of the 2020 election in the county, said that a database covered by Senate subpoenas had been completely wiped out. In her letter, the Senate president noted that other serious issues have arisen during the audit, including ballot handling irregularities in Maricopa County and, quote, apparent intent, unquote, by county officials to defy legislative subpoenas. Chairman Sellers doubled down, though, on the defiance in a meeting, a public meeting, on Monday, vowing not to respond to any more requests 
from the audit process. And according to an article on The Hill just this morning, Ben Conton, founder of the Cypher LLC company, the uh, the firm that's been doing part of the audit, says that they have, in fact, recovered the deleted data, saying, quote, I have the information I need from the recovery efforts of the data, unquote. So we'll be keeping you up to date on that story. Breitbart reports Mexican cops turn migrants over to Gulf cartels, sources say. Uh, law enforcement officials in the border state of Tamaulipas are, re- are rescuing kidnapped migrants only to sell them back to cartel-tied human smugglers for profit. Smugglers in the area exhort the families of, cartel- of Central American migrants, forcing them to wire a ransom. Through the Tamaulipas official, though the Tamaulipas officials have tried to keep the situation out of the public eye, the issue caused some jurisdictional problems when emergency calls were routed to military forces rather than police. And those are your headline news for today. The saint of the day is Pope Saint Clistine the Fifth, or Celestine rather, the Fifth. Pope Saint Celestine the Fifth was born. Pietro del Moreno in 1210 at Iserna Abruzzi, Italy, and he was the 11th of 12 children. His father died when he was very young. His mother asked the children, which of you is going to become a saint? Pietro responded, me, mama, I'll become a saint. At 20 years of age, Pietro became a, a Benedictine. He became a hermit, praying and working and reading the Bible. He followed the Benedictine rule, and so many other hermits came to him for guidance. That, and he then founded the Holy Spirit community of Mas, Mayela, or the Celestines. Following a two-year conclave during which the cardinals could not decide on a pope, Pietro came to them with the message that God was not pleased with the long delay. The cardinals chose Pietro as the 192nd pope. The primary objective of Celestine's pontificate was to reform the clergy, many of whom were using spiritual power to obtain worldly power. Celestine sought a way to bring the faithful to the original gospel spirit, and he settled on pardon. He called for a year of forgiveness of sins and returned to the evangelical austerity and fidelity. He reigned a mere five months, and the members of the Vatican Curia took advantage of him. This led to much mismanagement and great uproar in the Vatican. Knowing he was responsible, Celestine asked forgiveness for his mistakes and abdicated on the 13th of December, 1294, the only pope to do so until Benedict XVI. His successor, Boniface VIII, kept Celestine hidden for the last 10 months of his life in a small room in a Roman palace. Celestine may have appreciated it because he never lost his love for the hermit's life and spent the last of his days in prayer. Pope Celestine died on the 19th of May, 1296 in Rome uh, of, of natural causes. He was canonized in 1313 by Pope Clement V for his many miracles, 11 confirmed and 8 alleged miracles. His papal abdication was the 13th of December, 1294. Pope Celestine V, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. Our stream, our video stream crashed uh, on uh, on social media. However, you can still watch us live on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, if you'd like. But uh, I'm sure uh, Adrian will be working on getting that back up. But the gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, 
Keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name, that in the name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, that they may be one. Did you catch that? I mean, look how, again, yesterday we talked about the intimacy of this prayer between Jesus and the Father. And the fact that is part of the mission of Christ, the Messiah, is to bring us into intimacy with the Father. Something that previously we did not get to enjoy. Saying our Father is a gift. We should not take it for granted because it was so incredibly rare prior to this point. But now we can say our Father. Well, how can we say that we are not of this world? I mean, we're born here. We live here. We die here. Are we not of this world? No, because we are born again, born anew. We are regenerated in the sacrament of holy baptism. We become, we take upon Christ. We give up ourselves. We die to self in the waters of baptism and we come up out of the waters in the resurrection. And so we are not of this world anymore, but we must, while we are sojourning through this wilderness, through this desert, on our way to the holy land of heaven, we must, we must be about the mission of the church. And I love that, that this passage covers those bases. Number one, they should be one. I remember St. Paul saying something about that too, don't you? The one bread, the one body, not many, not the many versions, not our, our personal uh, flavors of the one thing, but the one. And we should not be of this world. Read James chapter 4, verse 4. Unfaithful creatures, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James chapter 4, verse 4. Be not of this world. Be of heaven. Let's work to the salvation of souls. We'll be right back with What's Concerning Us. It's coming up next. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now, Cy Kellett from Catholic Answers Live is going to be our guest. He's got a book out that we think is going to be a great resource for many parents in particular. It's called A Teacher of Strange Things, Who Jesus Was, What He Taught, and Why People Still Follow Him. And, uh, you know, there's a growing number of non-believers, growing number of of young people who are growing up in houses where they didn't really have a connection to Catholic or even Christian faith. And so the need to have just the basics and the information is really going to be important to us as tools of evangelization, because it is, in fact, the mission of the church is to convert the world. It's not to befriend the world, it's to convert the world for the sake and charity of their souls. So that's coming up with Cy Kellett 20 minutes from now. We want to jump into a um, what's concerning us section. Before I do that, I want to mention our, our, our stream crashed. We don't, we don't know why, unfortunately, but we did restart it. So we are now live again on Facebook and YouTube and, and elsewhere. But if you, you want, a great place to go is just our website. You can just go right to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you'll be able to watch the show live right there. And it also has all the other information on that on that website as well, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Great place to go. There's a, an interesting conversation that should be had um, that Adrian brought up this morning, to, brought to my attention about a seminarian leaving the faith. Before I do that, I want to comment on another story, though, out of Breitbart. UN draft statement on ceasefire. They're talking about Israel and Gaza here. UN draft statement on ceasefire does not mention Palestinian Hamas rockets. Now, this is a story. When we reported, I think it was, was it last week? We reported on this story. We had uh, Steve Ray on. You know, half the audience is not going to like you. Because if you seem to support Israel, then then they don't like you. If you seem to support uh, Gaza or the Palestinians, you, you, you have enemies. It's like you can't win no matter what you do. And let me say this about this. Israel's the state. Israel, has a, as a state, has a right to defend its, itself and its citizens against those that would attack them. Now, you might say, but there's a wall, and there's apartheid, and they're, they're not being fair, and they're doing things that are not right. And you know what? I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but here's a good question. Two questions. If they took the wall down tomorrow, would Palestine live in peace with Israel? Would Gaza, would, the, would Hamas live in peace with Israel if they took the wall down tomorrow? And stopped all the shenanigans. Would Hamas decide to live in peace with the Jewish state of Israel? That's a good question. I don't know that. I think the answer is probably not, uh, because 
at the end of the day, they don't want Israel to be there at all. They want to push them off into the sea, as, as has been reported many times. So, in other words, I bring that up to say this. It's not so simple. It's not so straightforward to say that one side or the other is completely to blame for everything. Like, I think that would be too simplistic of an approach on this complicated issue. Um, the other thing is, to ignore the rockets that come out of, of Gaza is really insane to me. Hamas, a terrorist organization funded by uh, Iran, puts these Iranian-backed uh, rockets in, in housing areas where, of civilians. They build tunnels under housing areas of civilians. They occupy buildings that civilians live in, that normal people live in, that the children who are going to be harmed by this live and breathe in and have to go about their day in. And that is incredibly uh, irresponsible at the very best and, and horrific at worst. And to ignore that is, in my opinion, irresponsible. So Gaza shoots rockets into Israel and Israel defends themselves against those rockets. That's essentially what it all boils down to. And again, I go back to if you tear the wall down tomorrow, would Hamas live in peace with the Jewish state of Israel? I beg, the, I beg to say that the, uh, the answer is probably no. They probably wouldn't, which means that the problem is way more complicated than we would like it to be. I don't endorse everything Israel does. In fact, I've been very critical on many occasions about the state of Israel and some of their tactics. Um, but I think, again, just to reiterate my point to make it clear, if you try to pretend as though everything Palestine does is good and everything Israel does is bad, then you're not, you're not, you're doing a disservice to the conversation. And that's why this article from Breitbart, I think is an important one about the critique on the UN, uh, document on that. Adrian, do you want to chime in on that at all? Uh, the good news is we have the bishop of uh, his beatitude, which is apparently the Eastern uh, way of saying his eminence or his excellency, rather, is going to be on with us uh, from the Holy Land uh, next Thursday. So that'd be really cool. So we'll have this conversation more in depth on uh, next Thursday to talk about what is going on in Israel. And I mean, there, I have friends who are very much like, oh my gosh, Israel's horrible. And other friends that are like, oh, Palestine is horrible. And people who are in the middle, people are on left and right, all sorts of places. So it'd be very good to talk to the bishop over in the Holy Land to see what his take is on what's going on in Israel right now. Yeah. So and I'm it, excited for that. It's the Christians that I'm most concerned about exactly it, over there who are stuck in the middle. They're like between a rock and a hard place. Uh, it's their concern that I'm most concerned about. 100%. All right. Uh, so that's that story. Breitbart.com is the one that reported that. Uh, let's go into the story that you found over on 1 Peter 5. Yes, it's incredibly, it's very concerning because uh, the reason why it's incredibly concerning for me is because I'll read the title of it so you understand what's going on. Seminarian, is there any reason why I should remain Catholic? And it's an article that a seminarian uh, put out on how he is um, having a crisis of faith right now because of, uh, of what's going on in the church. And the reason why I find it so concerning is because I know a lot of seminarians. I am friends with a lot of seminarians. I'm friends with a lot of deacons and priests. And, you know, I have to say there are a lot of seminarians I know personally, not that are leaving the faith, but have left seminary, have left religious orders, have left uh, communities because they, they don't find it to be Catholic. They're not finding the Catholic faith in the seminaries. And I was having a discussion with a friend of mine yesterday, actually, 
about this exact topic and how there are seminaries out there. Not every seminary. I, I have to give props where props is due. Um, St. Mary's Seminary in Houston, where we are located, has been doing a lot of good things and have been trying to create a proper seminary culture. But the seminary culture in the vast majority of states and dioceses, it's horrible. You have the internal forum, which is basically uh, the internal forum is your personal life that are your own spiritual life, your own sins, that kind of thing. And it's being put into the external forum. And the external forum is what, as a religious or a seminarian, you're required to tell your uh, superiors about. And there's been a mix of it where they're forcing people to do uh, to tell them their private details to their superiors, which is horrible. And you have uh, people not teaching the faith. And I'm going to read just this one part of this uh, article. It says, the seminarian wrote, you cannot tell me that the church is a community of charity because I know how unwelcoming the so-called welcoming are. I know how intolerant the tolerant are. And I know how vindictive the merciful are. You cannot tell me that the church will accompany me with dialogue because I know how the church is not a safe space for people who believe in the faith and how much churchmen gossip, bully, and ostracize. That broke my heart. That broke my heart because, you know, it's not true everywhere, but it's true in a lot of places. It's true in a lot of places. And I can see, I don't, I don't agree with his conclusions, but I can see what he, where he's coming from and it breaks my heart. I am very sympathetic to this, to this seminarian and how he's doing it. And I do believe that he is not going to leave the faith. He concluded his, his article by saying, Our Lady help of Christians, please do something, anything. But either way, I should probably leave referring to the seminary, not the faith. And so he said, I'm not wanted here. So I think it's very concerning. It's very sad, but it really speaks to what's going on in our culture. And we need to be aware. We need to support our seminarians. We need to pray for our seminarians. We need to uh, be talking to people. We need to show that the faith is alive because so many people go into seminary with their eyes wide open. They're excited. They are ready to serve God. And then they're, gonna, they're hit with a two by four when they, are, they realize that so many priests, so many seminarians, there's so much rot mm. among the clergy, among the people, and it scandalizes them. And we cannot allow ourselves to be scandalized. We have to be prepared for this. We need to be aware that it's happening and be strengthened in our faith. We have to have a strong faith before going to seminary. We have to. It's, the, it's a requirement. This first paragraph of this article at 1peter5.com uh, says, quote, I'm finishing up my theology studies and planning to leave the seminary. I know I shouldn't go into public ministry. I've become disillusioned and resentful. I don't believe in what the Catholic Church is teaching, and I don't want to help perpetuate what it is doing. After almost 10 years of discerning a call and pursuing a vocation, it seems like I've wandered down a dead-end road and ended up stranded in the woods. I was naive enough to assume that the Catholic faith was practiced in the Catholic Church, but experience has taught me that the faith is no longer welcome in the church, unquote. It is like that's a gut-wrencher, isn't it? You know, and it reminds me, and I've said this before on this show in the past, but it reminds me of um, when I first saw the headlines break back in, I think it was 2001, when I first started reading the headlines, I was living up in New England, uh, up in New Hampshire, and the Boston sex scandal broke under cardinal law. And the the bishop who brought me into the church and, um, con and confirmed me was 
he was actually convicted, if I'm not mistaken. He actually he actually pleaded guilty, or he admitted his own participation in shifting accused priests around uh, under cardinal law. So the the reality of wait, what priests are they do what I, I'm a Catholic would do what like that? Th- those thoughts were going through my brain, and I remember just being totally scandalized, and I wasn't even really. A practicing. I mean, like at my heart, well, I had not yet given my my fiat to Christ and to His Church, even though I was already Catholic. I became Catholic to get married um, because uh, you know my wife was. Uh, um, I, I, I it was clear to me that I was supposed to marry her, and so I did whatever I whatever it took in order to make that happen, which which included becoming Catholic. And I read those headlines, and I'm like, this is insane. Like, who would want to belong to a church that does this to to little children, and then hides it? It was scandalous, and I can appreciate what this guy's going through. All of that, and you're going to attack the tradition and the teaching of the faith? <sighs> wow. Yes, and the other the other thing that's concerning is, is not just the sexual abuse and things like that, because he's not really talking about that. He's more referring to the crisis of faith, that they're not finding faith in the seminaries, not finding faith in the priests. But that's my point. But- and it's... It's tragic. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. It is. And um, it is what's it, that's it's probably one of the most concerning things. That's why we need to raise our children in the faith and teach them the traditions of the church. Let them be strong in tradition so that they're not like, hit whenever they realize that it, not everyone, not everyone in the church believes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's crazy. Amen. Yes, it is a very difficult thing, but we should pray. Pray for those that have a crisis of faith that God may shore them up. You know, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to pray fast and do penance. And the answer to all the crises in the church and the world at large is personal holiness, living in a state of grace. Prayer, penance, sacrifice. This is the, the method that Our Lady told us at Fatima in 1917. This is the weapon that the world cannot handle and cannot defend against. We'll be right back with breaking news and psychedelic Catholic answers coming up. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I want a religion that is not so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says a religion that is not dogmatic is not a religion. A religion means something that commits a man to some doctrine about the universe. Anyone who believes anything is dogmatic. In fact, Chesterton says a teacher who is not dogmatic is not teaching anything. And if you think about it, a doctor who's not dogmatic is not who you want prescribing medicine or performing surgery. An auto mechanic who's not dogmatic is not going to be able to fix your carburetor. We want professionals to have specific training, but specific training means embracing very specific ideas. And yet we want a religion that is not dogmatic, as if standing before God is less important than repairing our car. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Here are the breaking news. 
According to the Western Journal, gas prices are at a six-year high. Fuel has not been this expensive since 2014 when President Obama was in office. Although on Tuesday prices slipped two-tenths of a penny, according to data from the American Automobile Association. The average price being $3.04 per gallon of regular gas, with which was 62% higher than a year ago, and the average was $1.88 per gallon. According to The Blaze, the Supreme Court unanimously sides against President Biden and his administration, furthering pro, uh, protects the Fourth Amendment. The United States Supreme Court unanimously ruled Monday that so-called exception to the Fourth, Fourth Amendment called community caretaking does not permit police officers to enter and search your home without first obtaining a search warrant, even if doing so may be in the public's interest. The Supreme Court uh, heard a case by uh, Coniglia versus Storm upon appeal by Edward Coniglia, a Rhode Island man whose house was searched by warrantless police officers in 2015. During the search, police seized two firearms, which Coniglia recovered only after jumping through numerous bureaucratic hoops. Coniglia later sued law enforcement, arguing their actions violated his Fourth Amendment rights against a warrantless search and seizure. Apparently, the Supreme Court agrees. Breitbart has a story out. Man with a hunting rifle foils attempt mass shooting, mass shooting attempt at an apartment complex in Arkansas. A man uh, armed with a hunting rifle shot and killed an alleged mass shooter at Fort Smith, Arkansas apartment complex Saturday morning. Local news reports the incident occurred just before 7.30 a.m. when a 26-year-old Zachary Arnold allegedly tried to lure residents out of their apartments in order to shoot them. One apartment resident claimed Arnold was screaming, quote, you guys get out here. Come out here, everyone. Get out of this building right now, unquote. 87-year-old apartment resident Lois Hicks came out to try to calm Arnold down and then fled back into her apartment after seeing the rifle was allegedly that he was allegedly holding. Arnold allegedly followed her and shot her dead inside her residence. God rest her soul. Arnold was apparently shooting at other apartments too and one of the other residents grabbed a hunting rifle and killed Arnold. No other injuries were reported. Epic Times reports calls for Pelosi calls for U.S. and world leaders to boycott China's 2022 Olympics. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday called for a U.S. diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, criticizing the Chinese regime for human rights abuses and saying global leaders who attend would lose their moral authority. An independent United Nations panel said back in 2018 that it had received credible reports that a at least one million Uyghurs and other Muslims had been held in camps in China's Zhejiang region. Beijing describes them as vocational training centers to stamp out extremism and strongly rejects accusations of abuse and genocide. A Chinese embassy spokesperson told Reuters that U.S. attempts to interfere in China's domestic affairs over the Olympics were doomed to fail. And those are your headline news. Uh, praise be to God in all things. I want to remind you to jump on our email list if you can today. Um, I'm, we had a great interview with Dr. Paul Kengor yesterday. He wrote a book called The Devil and Karl Marx. 
And it is it is a hammer blow of a book. I, I wonder if you've read this book. If you, you're on our live video stream, make sure to comment about this book. Um, I'd like to know what your thoughts were. But we did an hour-long conversation with him. We recorded the whole thing, video, all of it. So here's our plan. Next week, we will play 20 minutes of that interview during the show, like in the guest segment, uh, regular guest segment of Catholic Drive Time. So you'll, you'll be able to hear part of that conversation next week if you're just tuning in to the, to the radio program. Praise be to God. But I'm going to give the entire one-hour conversation away to our email list. So if you're on our email list, you'll get this probably tomorrow. You'll get this in your inbox tomorrow. If you're not on the email list, let me encourage you, sign up today. We like to send out uh, exclusive content just to the email list every single week. And we've been doing this going back right before Lent, when we started this, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we, in fact, during the Holy Season of Lent, we did an entire series on uh, the Gospel Reflections of of the uh, Sunday Gospels during Lent. So that was a lot of fun. We may do that again. We'll see. And then I sent out a series of uh, talks that I gave on the Radical Choice, and then we were sending out a series of, of a podcast that Adrian has done on various topics like the Brown Scapular, History of the Stations of the Cross. And everyone who signs up to the email list automatically gets a talk by Father Bill Casey, the Fathers of Mercy, on the state of the church, the state of the union, where we're going and what we need to do about that. What do we need to know? It is a powerful talk, and you get that immediately upon enrolling in our email list. It, it, it comes right away. And you can join our email just by going to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Uh, and you can also use your cell phone to sign up as well. And you can just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's text GRN to the number 42828. So get on the email. Get the uh, Paul Kangor talk tomorrow, the interview we had tomorrow. Uh, with so many people embracing the socialist Marxist ideologies, uh, it is, it's mind-boggling how one could embrace this. I mean, the book itself is, is somewhat frightening. Now, Adrian, I don't think you've read the book, right? You've, you've only poked through it maybe or no, heard interviews I, about it? Yes, I've listened to many interviews about it. The one I enjoyed the most was an interview with Michael Knowles did with um, Dr. Paul Kingore. It's amazing. I, I have not read the book, and I definitely need to buy it because it was like mind-boggling, the things that he was revealing about uh, Marx and about Engels. It just like it was uh, – just that alone yeah. was, wasn't worth the price of admission. Uh, and, the, uh, and then when the rest of the interview, which I don't think we'll be able to get to on the radio side when we air it, uh, but definitely the people on our email list will be able to hear it. He was getting into the philosophical underpinnings of communism and how it affects us today and the infiltration of the communist into the church yeah. and into society. Yes. That was mind-blowing. That's the thing about the book that I wish we could have spent more time. We did talk about it with him, but I could have spent another hour with him just on that one topic. I mean, we've heard many times, I mean, a podcast, YouTube channels, talking heads, Talk about infiltration, infiltration, infiltration. I've heard people, you know, quote anecdotally, you know, I've even done it myself, anecdotally quote these things. And yet, Paul Kingor has actually cited sources, 
quoted at length in um, commentary, not commentaries, but uh, testimonies before Congress actually quote the actual statements from the records themselves about what the Communist Party in America was up to in its efforts to infiltrate American society. And what surprised me, I think, most of all about that conversation was how early in the process. I mean, the Bolshevik Revolution took place in 1917. We all know that. Not even 20 years later, they are already well underway to infiltrating out the American culture. I mean, like they had already had troops on the ground, people who were here, and they were trying to uh, get into certain segments of our society in academia, in religion, in politics. And it was an intended effort to uh, bring about the uh, proletariat revolution, as they would say. In America. And then he goes into talking about the intended infiltration of the church itself, of Protestant churches. Uh, That was actually quite easy to them, according to the testimonies that were, um, that he quotes. But the Catholic Church as well. And we've all heard, that's the part that I, that's the part that we've heard a billion times. Oh, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said that. But where's the, like, the documentation? Like, that's the part that I've, I've, I've been It's been a struggle to find. And he has that in his book. It's pretty powerful. It's convicting. It's very convicting. The first half alone about Marx himself and the and the the utter depression that was Marx's life. I mean, just horrific. And nobody knows this stuff. Nobody. And I'm looking forward to it as well, because uh, after the interview is over, he told us that he'd be more than happy to come on the show and take phone calls from the audience to be able to find out uh, if you had any questions about his book or about the interview. So uh, that it's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to having him on live yeah. to talk about uh, to do a Q&A with the audience. I'll yeah, be a lot of fun. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. So that's coming up. So get in the email if you're not already on our email list, because I'll be sending you the entire talk uh, with video with Paul, Dr. Paul Kengor tomorrow um, in the email inbox. So you'll get the entire interview before we play. We're going to play it on Monday, the 20 minute segment. Is that right? Uh, probably Monday. Mm-hmm. So we'll play at least a 20-minute portion of that on this show across the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network on Monday, on Monday's show. So be tuned in for that. Again, the website is grnonline.com forward slash cdt. grnonline.com forward slash cdt is is uh, the website to get logged in. And it's it really is a great place to be. It's been a fun time to uh, to interact with all of you through email and to send you this exclusive content. I'm very grateful for your participation in the Catholic Drive Time family. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, on the other side of this break, Cy Keller was supposed to be on. So far, we've not heard from him. I'm not sure what's going on there, but maybe we'll open it up to you and your phone calls and your conversation coming up after this very short break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. We all deserve golden parachutes and big bonuses. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Well, we may deserve them, but St. Benedict has a different idea of what we truly need. In his rule, he tells the leader of the monastery that his goal must be profit for the monks, not preeminence for himself. The abbot is supposed to be the most obedient of all the monks, because he has to adapt himself to each monk, because he is supposed to see to it 
that the strong have something to strive for and the weak nothing to run from. Not only that, but he is even told that his goal is to be loved rather than feared. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com How would your leadership style change if you took St. Benedict's words to heart? Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Cy Kellett was supposed to be our guest. Uh, unfortunately, he's not joined us this morning. We're not sure. He's in California, so he's two hours behind us, which makes it very early there. So uh, maybe there was an issue with that. We'll rebook him for sure. He's got a book out that uh, sounds like it to be a great resource, a teacher of strange things, who Jesus was, what he taught, why people still follow him. And uh, and so we'll hopefully get him back on and scheduled properly to get uh, a conversation on that book coming up soon. Uh, I do want to open the phone lines, though, and let you, uh, our audience, sort of dictate a little bit of conversation here. We have 10 minutes on the clock, so if you want to conversate, ask questions, uh, have, make a comment about something we've, we've talked about so far in the program, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. The phone number and the uh, phone lines are open right now is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We've got about uh, 10 minutes on the clock, so if you want to be a part of our program, now is the time to do that. Question or comment about anything, 877-757-9424, is the phone number to call. Uh, there is another story that I did kind of want to bring up, and uh, for whatever reason, I'm just fascinated by this particular line of stories. And I think I annoy Adrian to the nth degree, uh, but I don't care. It's fine. Uh, this one is put out by CNBC, not a source I go to all that often. But it says, when it comes to UFOs, the U.S. has a massive intelligence failure on our hands, says former defense official. And the article reads something like this. When it comes to UFOs or what the Pentagon refers to as unidentified aerial phenomenon, the United States has a, quote, massive intelligence failure on its hands, unquote, according to Christopher Mellon, a former deputy assistant secretary of defense for intelligence. He says, quote, it's extremely disturbing to think that after spending hundreds of billions of dollars for so many years and believing our airspace to be secure, in fact, We've, we've had vehicles operating restricted military airspace with impunity on a reoccurring and sustained basis for many years, said Mellon, who served under Presidents Bill Clinton and George Bush. So the, the Pentagon is declassifying these videos. And the Pentagon is going to be delivering an unclassified report on what it knows about these UFOs or unidentified aircraft. I think it's coming up next month in June, if I'm not mistaken. Now, this begs the question, why now? Why all of a sudden 
are we seeing this influx of declassified uh, video? Why all of a sudden are we seeing video uh, interviews being done by former uh, military personnel who have witnessed these activities and have reported on them? Why now is, uh, is this coming out? I think that's one of the big questions. Like, what are these? What do we believe as Catholics? We've had this conversation before, Adrian, you and I. Yep, many times. And now, I think there are, there are there's some, can we boil this down to a handful of options of what these possibly could be? I mean, like, okay, the obvious. It could be alien life. I could mean, be. Could be. It's possible. It's possible. Um, it could be technology from one of our adversaries on planet Earth. But the question there is, well, how come we don't know about that? Uh, and how are they so much far, far more advanced than us? <laughs> right. It could also be, uh, it's our secret technology that not even our military knows about. And that happens all the time, actually. I mean, the F-117 uh, stealth fighter is a good example of that. Remember, uh, you were, you were, when were you born? What year? 98. So you weren't even alive. In 91, I joined the Marine Corps uh, in 91. 17 years old. That was the year we all discovered there was a stealth fighter dropping bombs in Iraq. We were like, what is this this, this thing? This uh, triangle-looking thing. And um, turns out that that was a secret stealth fighter that they had been working on for many, many years uh, in the desert and was flying these uh, very uh, secretive missions at night and all of that. So we all discovered that. So it could be, it could be aliens. It could be... Our enemy, it could be us, could also, also just be... Well, no, no, there's also another option. Okay. There's my, my position, which is that it's just a giant psychological operation against the American people, uh, that it's not a real technology. It's a de- deception all around. Now, that's my position. It could be deception. And that's then, and then, other, then other there's the, uh, the, uh, the final uh, option that most of my friends and you subscribe to. Hold on. Okay. Before you say this, I do not subscribe to it. I am intrigued by it. That's how I would classify it. So you can go ahead and just and, and tell us now. All right. The uh, The other option is it could be demons. Yep. It could be demons flying around in objects in the sky to uh, freak people out. <laughs> to freak people out. <laughs> I, I don't know that people to, uh, who adhere to that theory would describe it in the way you have, if, just to be fair. Now, I, I'll say this. I've been trying, I have a, 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 an acquaintance. I know somebody who is, you know, a real nuclear scientist, you know, somebody who worked for the federal government uh, for a number of years and he had a conversion to the Catholic faith and he, he works in the space industry now. And um, I'm trying to get him on the program, maybe next week, we'll see, next week or maybe the week after, because uh, I think it'd be a fascinating conversation to have with someone who has the scientific credibility of uh, aerospace engineering and has the Catholic faith, uh, somebody who is an evangelist himself, his name is Troy Guy, uh, you might have heard of his conversion story before. Um, we're trying to get him on the program, he's been traveling, so we're going to try to book him hopefully soon, because... I think it's fascinating to look at this proposed technology because this is one of the big issues, fake or real, these objects that we are seeing on video that are being described to us by these the Navy personnel um, far exceed anything we would have in our – the F-22 Raptor, the most advanced fighter uh, jet on planet Earth, couldn't hold a candle to these objects. And that's saying something uh, because the F-22 is – 
is so advanced. It's in, it's insane. And yet these things can travel, you know, uh, I've heard of some reports up to 1,700, uh, 17,000 miles per hour. I've heard they can take six to 700 Gs. I mean, uh, most fighter pilots can't go beyond seven Gs. I mean, the planes can. The planes can take a bunch, but the fighter pilots pass out after about seven, seven to eight Gs most of the time, sometimes less. So six to 700 Gs is pretty insane. They can fly through the air, uh, you know, flawlessly, no, no exhaust plumes. They can go into the ocean. I mean, so they are they trans- stop medium, on a dime. Stop on a dime. Which is impossible. Yeah. So now one of the things that's interesting to me is their flight patterns uh, that have been mimicking all of our Navy and our military airspaces, like they're targeting that. That's part of the concern here. So there's a national risk that uh, must be considered. But the question is, what are these? Now, from a Catholic perspective, if these turn out to be alien life forces, and there's no reason to believe, just because Hollywood says so, that that means that they're squids somehow. Right. Like, why? <laughs> what, what is in Hollywood that you lack creativity that these, that these uh, creatures must always look like squids? We have about... Uh, four minutes left in the show, but the, and you have a great point, Joe. It, like, we have no idea, but I personally don't think aliens are real. And I had this long discussion, uh, with a couple people the other day. And the reason why I don't think aliens are real is because people will say, Oh, but Adrian, the, the universe is so big and it's ever expanding and there's billions and billions of planets. And, you know, over time, life would come. Well, no. You can't get life from non-life. It's not possible. Just like right. you can't get rationality from non-rational things. A yeah. rock will never, uh, as given billions of years, a rock will never become alive. Um, and so you just, you, it's not possible. So you can have billions of planets. You can have a planet, a solar system that is one to one identical with ours, and mm-hmm. it still would not have life unless God actively created exactly. life. You know what That's kills the only me? Way. What kill? I lo- I love the 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 contemplation of the universe. I love the just looking at the stars. I love thinking about uh, the ability in the resurrection and the, my resurrected body to be able to go to the outermost edge of uh, of creation and behold God's glory there, just like I would a mountain range here on Earth. I just I'm fascinated by the whole thought of God's incredible, vast, and diverse creation creatures at the bottom of the ocean we've never even seen before uh, that are beautiful and incredible but god knows they're there even if no human is ever going to see them you know i so i can see that it could be possible in god's creation uh to see such diversity however every time a scientist on on history or discovery channel or some other place says we found these the earth-like planet uh so far away okay every time they say that i just roll my eyes there's no possibility. So far, there's no planet ever discovered by scientists on Earth anywhere where we could fly there, get out, and walk around just like we do on Earth. Okay? You would have to bring everything you need to survive there and live in a bubble or a spacesuit just to not die. There is no planet that is truly Earth-like. Every time they say Earth-like, I, it's just like, you guys, you're kidding this is, there's no Earth-like planet. Earth is the only Earth-like planet that we know of so far. There's not even a close second because you can't survive on any of these other places without having man-made uh, engineering involved. Unlike Earth, where you could be born and survive. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I think that should point out that God is so incredible that he has made something so special as mankind. 
that we would enjoy the the benefit of having a physical body and a rational soul. Um, that's pretty unique, and that's part of the reason why Satan rebelled, right? Amen. Amen, exactly. And uh, that we have about a minute left, so I won't. I was going to go into something else, but <laughs> I, I think I'll leave it there for, uh, for, for now. Maybe in the after show but we can we, discuss further. We could safely say that if aliens, if it turns out that aliens do exist, we should not be scandalized by this. No, I think if, if they exist, then it was actively created by God. Right. And so there should, there is a reason for it. And a great, uh, the fictional series on it is C.S. Lewis's Out of the Silent Planet on that theory. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. So who knows what these unidentified objects are? Are they real? Are they fake? Is it a psyop? Is it our enemy? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but we'll see what that report says come next month. But uh, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. If you can join us in the second hour, we will have breaking news and stories. Of course, we will do Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and what's co- the uh, fear and trembling, rather. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are involved. And this week, it's a BrightlyHued.com is our sponsor. So thank you, BrightlyHued.com. God love you and God bless you. Tomorrow, uh, Pat Truman from the National Center of Sexual Exploitation is going to be our guest. It's going to be a good conversation. We'll see you then, or we'll see you next hour. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine has been reading the Left Behind books. Is there really going to be a rapture like these books talk about? No. The rapture refers to a passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 where Christians are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Many Christians believe, and the Left Behind books promote, that this being caught up to meet the Lord will occur before the Great Tribulation. Christians will simply vanish, meet Jesus somewhere in the air, and then return with Him to heaven to await the end of time. But notice, in verse 15, Paul says that we who are alive who are left shall be caught up. Those who are left get caught up to meet the Lord. The Left Behind books get their name from a passage in Luke 17 and one in Matthew 24, which compares the coming of the Lord to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Matthew 24 puts it this way, As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, and they did not know until the flood came and swept them all the way. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one is taken and one is left. Two women grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left. One is taken, one is left. The rapture, right? Jesus takes the Christians, leaves behind non-Christians. Two problems with that interpretation. First, Jesus' coming is compared to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Well, after the flood, who was left? Noah and his family. The good guys, the bad guys were taken. After Sodom and Gomorrah went up in smoke, who was left? Lot and his daughters, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. Second problem, 1 Thessalonians 4 says that those who are left get to meet Jesus in the air. The good guys are left behind to meet Jesus. In other words, you want to be left behind so that you can get caught up in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air and accompany him back to earth at his second and final coming. There will be no rapture like the one the Left Behind books talk about. That view is not scriptural. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Good morning to you. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's good to be on with you. Praise God. Uh, we just wrapped up a conversation on UFOs, and that's always fun to talk about. I don't know about you, but I've always been fascinated by UFOs and UFO stories, and now as a Catholic in particular, I find it even more fascinating, actually. So, uh, I don't know, we'll post that on Twitter later, YouTubes, all of that. Adrian will be working on, the, on that. We also had a great uh, What's Concerning Us section, too, last hour, so hopefully you'll be able to find that content. But you can always get the podcast of our show on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, I think, uh, I think at some point we're probably going to have an entire show dedicated to the supernatural. <laughs> I feel like that's it's it's inevitable at this point. Yeah, for sure. Praise be to God. That would be a good uh, good topic to do. Um, by the way, tomorrow, uh, Patrick Truman, his founder of the National Center for Sexu- Ex- Sexual Exploitation, will be on the show. Friday, uh, we're going to have a very difficult conversation with a man who is fighting to ensure that his son isn't um, surgically uh, altered. Let's say. That's going to be a hard conversation, so but it's it's an important one, a very important conversation. That's coming up this week. Next week, uh, as we said last hour, we recorded a conversation with Dr. Paul King Gore over his book, The Devil and Karl Marx. And we're going to be posting the twenty minutes of that program uh, on our pro- on our program next week on Monday. I think it's going to we're going to air that, but we're going to give out the entire one hour long conversation that we had with him in our email list tomorrow night so you can get the entire conversation early just by being on our email list and that's uh again found at grnonline.com forward slash cdt but next week we also have a very special guest from jerusalem yes and i have no idea how to say his name i'm gonna guess i think it's pizza bala pizza bala pizza bala i asked for their pronunciation so we'll see what it is but it's uh the uh his beatitude instead of his excellency it's his beatitude uh, the Bishop of the Holy Land. And so he will be on next Thursday to talk about the um, what's going on in Israel and where, where do we as Christians, what should we be thinking about what's going on? Uh, what's what's going on from boots on the ground and who better to tell us than the Latin patriarch who is the, uh, the Bishop of the Holy Land? Hmm, okay. All right. So all of that's coming up and uh, a lot more Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. So... In this hour, what we're going to do is we're going to have breaking news and stories here in a moment, and they tend to be good news flavored. They're less intense than the previous hour, praise be to God. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to have 
a gospel reflection on the Sunday, on the daily gospel, as well as the saint of the day. And then we have our fear and trembling game show coming up. So all of that in this hour. Plus, in the after show, we conversate about whatever it is that's on your mind, on your heart. You get to drive that conversation. All you really need to do is just be on our live video feed or hang out on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let us pray. We're going to include your intentions, of course, whatever's on your heart, on your mind, whatever your needs are. We are praying for our team here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, as well as the Station of the Cross uh, as well. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And now the headlines. According to the National Catholic Register, Hong Kong Bishop-elect says, I am not afraid, but I believe prudence is a virtue. The newly appointed Bishop of Hong Kong gave a press conference Tuesday in which he said he believed that the prudence and dialogue were a way forward in the challenges facing his diocese. Bishop-elect Stephen Chow told journalist May 18th that he did not think it would be wise to comment on especially controversial issues, particularly on China, the day after his appointment. During the 45-minute press conference organized by the Diocese of Hong Kong, Bishop-elect Chow spoke mostly in Cantonese, but he also responded to questions in English about religious freedom in Hong Kong at a time when it is being tested after the passage of the national security laws. Alatia reports in Milwaukee the church is suing the corrections department on clergy visit bans. A Wisconsin Department of Corrections policy is preventing the Catholic Church from carrying out its mission in prisons, claims a lawsuit filed last week. The complaint filed in Jefferson County Circuit Court Friday says that for over a year, priests and deacons of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee have, quote, been unable to meet in person with inmates to provide spiritual direction, to conduct masses, or to administer sacraments that cannot be administered virtually, such as the Holy Eucharist, penance, and the anointing of the sick, unquote. The lawsuit asks the court to order the Department of Corrections to immediately allow members of the clergy to access state correctional institutions and to provide religious services to inmates. Let's pray that happens. The National Catholic Register also reports that Archbishop Corleone responds to Nancy Pelosi about her hoping for dialogue on the most serious matter of her abortion support. On Monday, Archbishop Salvatore Corleone of San Francisco, Pelosi's home diocese, said that the Vatican actually supported dialogue between bishops and pro-abortion Catholic politicians to, quote, help them understand the grave evil they are helping to perpetuate and accompany them to a change of heart, unquote. The Vatican also acknowledged the possibility of denying politicians Holy Communion if they persist in their cooperation with legal abortion, Corleone said. The Church's Code of Canon Law, paragraph 915, states that Catholics, quote, ostensibly preserving in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion, unquote. He says, I'm happy to know that Speaker Pelosi said she is pleased with the letter. 
Archbishop Corleone said in a Vatican, of the Vatican letter. He says, quote, Speaker Pelosi's positive reaction to Cardinal Ladaria's letter then raises hope that progress can be made in this most serious matter, unquote. He goes on to emphasize that legal abortion in the United States has resulted in 66 million babies being, quote, murdered in the mother's womb, unquote. And those are your headline news for Wednesday, May 19th. The saint of the day is blessed. The saint of the day is uh, Pope Saint Clitz, Cl- Celestine the Fifth. Sorry, easy for you to tongue tied. Uh, Pope Saint Celestine the Fifth was born Pietro del Moreno Morena in twelve ten at Iserna Abruzzi, Italy. He was the eleventh of twelve children. His father died when he was very young. His mother asked the children, "Which of you is going to become a saint?" Pietro responded, Me, mama, I'll become a saint. At 20 years of age, Pietro became a hermit, praying and working and reading the Bible. He followed the rule of St. Benedict, and so many other hermits came to him for guidance. And then he founded the Holy Spirit community of Maella, or the Celestines. Following a two-year conclave, during which the cardinals could not decide on a pope, Pietro came to them with the message that God was not pleased with the long delay. The Cardinals chose Pietro as the 192nd Pope. The primary objective of Celestine's pontificate was to reform the clergy, many of whom were using spiritual power to obtain worldly power. Celestine sought a way to bring the faithful to the original gospel spirit, and he settled on pardon. He called for a year of forgiveness of sins in return to evangelical austerity and fidelity. He reigned a mere five months and the members of the Vatican Curia took advantage of them. This led to much mismanagement and great uproar in the Vatican. Knowing he was responsible, Celestine asked forgiveness for his mistakes and abdicated on the 13th of December, 1294, the only pope to do so until Benedict XVI. His successor, Boniface VIII, kept Celestine hidden for the last 10 months of his life in a small room in a Roman palace. Celestine may have appreciated it, as he had never lost his love for the hermit's life, and he spent his last days in prayer. He died the 19th of May, 1296, in Rome of natural causes, and was canonized in 1313 by Pope Clement V. Pope St. Celestine V, pray for us. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world, so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world, any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I consecrate myself for them, so that they also 
may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You get that mission, the mission of the church to go into the world. It's not to befriend the world. It's not to be besties. It's not to go along to get along, but it is to be the one that says the truth, even when they don't want to hear it, out of charity, out of love, out of a desire for their, their conversion, to save their souls, that they may have joy completely as well. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves of what the true intention and the mission of the church is. Uh, what did you find, Adrian? The thing that I wanted to focus on was the line, those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition. Now, that this is a very important uh, scripture passage because today this uh, passage is denied constantly. But our Lord is very clear here that he kept all of them that our Lord, that the Father gave him, but the son of perdition. Who is the son of perdition? Well, what, for what, first of all, who is, what is perdition? Perdition is damnation. The New American Bible translate, translates it as a son of destruction, but the, uh, the Douay Rames translate it as a son of perdition. Perdition means damnation. So it's saying, except for the son of damnation. Who is that? That is Judas. Because Judas was damned by the very fact that he betrayed Christ and he was unrepentant. Because Peter betrayed Christ, he betrayed him three times. He denied him three times. And they both went off crying and both were sorrowful. But instead of repentance, whereas Peter receives a threefold forgiveness from Christ, Judas rejects the forgiveness of Christ, dwells in his pity, becomes obstinate in his sin, and commits suicide. That's self-murder. And I'll read to you what Cornelius Lapide here said. He said, the word son means here worthy of or guilty of. And hence, it is plain that Christ here did not pray for Judas, who had withdrawn from the company of the apostles in order to betray Christ. This is important as well, because the fact that he withdrew from the company of the apostles is why Judas is replaced. None of the other apostles are ever replaced. You have successors of the apostles, but you do not have replacements for the apostles. And Judas was the only one who was replaced. Uh, Cornus Lapide goes on. He had not been given to Christ by the father, but had destroyed himself by his covetousness and betraying me and therefore passed away into the number of the reprobate. It's very clear what the scripture says. It's very clear what our Lord meant and we should not deny it lest we follow in the footsteps of Judas. Uh, so Saint, uh, Saint Jude Thaddeus pray for us who is uh, often overlooked because of his similarity to uh, Judas. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for our gospel reflection for today. Up next is the fear and trembling game show. And we have a uh, celebrity, uh, question answerer how what's the official position there but yeah we'll, we'll tell you about it on the other side of the break the phone number to call if you want to be a contestant and possibly win the prizes today phone lines are wide open at 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 fear and trembling is coming up next 
Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this information with anybody. But we like to teach a little bit about the faith, so you always tend to learn some things that you did not know before. We like to have a laugh in the process, and our contestants tend to be a lot of fun and very good sports about it. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes. So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. And uh, typically, we have two people in the studio who are responsible for answering the questions, because we don't even ask these trivia questions to the caller. We don't ask them, so they don't even need to know to technically win the game. Uh, But today, we have a celebrity uh, participant by phone. Uh, Good morning to you, Gabriel Castillo. Good morning. You know, it's very dangerous having me on the show because I do have a degree in theology. I know. I know. So you better be careful. So you best be on your best behavior. If it's any consolation, I dropped out of my master's program, so (laughs) that's also troubling. I feel better about it already. Praise be to God. (laughs) Now, you might recall Gabriel Castillo's been on our show a few times. He has uh, several YouTube channels. Uh, One is Gabby After Hours, uh, TrueFaith.tv, fantastic Catholic evangelist and uh, cinematographer. So, Gabe, it's great to have you on our program today. We're very excited to be here. So, uh, the way it works is uh, I have trivia questions in my hand, and again, I won't ask the caller. I'll ask you. I'll ask uh, 
I'll ask Adrian, one of you will be right, the other will be wrong. And every right answer, because the uh, contestant will get to guess who do they trust more, in this case, Gabe or Adrian, and every right answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. So that is how the game is played. Let's go to the phones now and uh, take uh, Rhonda. Good morning to you. Thank you for being a part of our program. Oh, oh yes. Uh, good, good morning. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I- I'm actually on the race. Well, praise be to God. On the radio. We're very well, excited. Praise, praise be to God. Where are you calling from, Rhonda? <laughs> I'm calling from Houston. Hey now, hey now, our That's backyard. All for us. Yes. And, and, uh, and I'm a good friend too of, of Jesus Robles. Oh, really? Oh, praise be to God. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. We love Jesus. Good friend of the show. Yes. Now, yes, where, yes, where do you go yes, to church, yes. Rhonda? Um, Saint Francis Cabrini. Saint oh, Francis that's where Cabrini. I was baptized. I was. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I made uh, three. Well, um, thir- thir- well, uh, majority of of my uh, sacraments were at Saint Francis Cabrini. <laughs> Wonderful. Praise be to God. So did my mother. <laughs> now, now, Rhonda, are you familiar with the game show? Do you know how how the game is played? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. All right. And they they can fool, they can fool me all they want to. Ooh. I just I called a half I called a half fun. And I have to tell you, of uh, things that I've been going through, I've been going through your your show really cheers me up. Praise be to God. Uh, praise be to God. So thank you. Praise thank you God. so much. Thank you, Rhonda. That's uh, <laughs> that's very nice for you to say so. So thank you for that. All right, yeah. uh, we are going to play. We will uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Gabriel Castillo first. Uh, Gabe, are you ready to play? I, I've got Wikipedia all lined up over here. That's the benefit of not being in studio. Uh, Wikipedia, huh? Hmm, that could be your first clue, Rhonda. I'm just saying. All right, Gabriel. Here we go, Gabriel. Can you tell me? Can you tell me what is a venial sin? Yes, I can tell you that, but it's not fair that you're making me go first because Adrian's just going to cheat off my answer. It's quite possible. Quite possible. What is a venial sin? A venial sin is a sin that kills your relationship with God. Kills your relationship with God. Mm, okay, okay. Let's see, uh, Adrian. Uh, can you tell me what is a venial sin? Uh, let's see. A venial sin is a less serious offense against the law of God. Huh? Seems to be a so conflict doesn't completely here. kill. Seems like you two don't agree on this. Okay, so Adrian... Either way, I've never committed one of these. (laughs) (laughs) Adrian is on the hook for less serious, and and Gabriel is on the hook for it absolutely kills your relationship with God. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Uh, Adrian says I. Oh, okay. Uh, Survey says... Congratulations. You were not at all fooled by uh, Mr. Wikipedia, Gabriel Castillo. That's uh, pretty good. Praise be to God. No, sir. You are now officially in the the coffee cup of divine providence. Congratulations, Rhonda. You get one chance at the prize this week. Thanks to BrightlyHued.com for sponsoring our game show. Uh, All right, question number two. Question number two. Adrian, we'll go with you this time. Awesome. Adrian, can you tell me what is the name of the agreement reached between the Vatican and the Italian state regarding property rights of the Vatican. Uh, <laughs> can you repeat the question? <laughs> it's a super simple question. It's so easy. So easy. Come now. All right. What is the name of the agreement between the Vatican oh, I know this and the I Italian know this state <laughs> regarding property rights about the Vatican? So they, they, they struck up an agreement. 
the Italian, uh, the country of Italy, and the Vatican made an agreement. What do we call that? Uh, oh, come on. I'm going to go with the Lateran Treaty, named after St. John Lateran. Oh. You know, no. the, uh, the place no. where the, no. the, bishop, the Pope's uh, chair is. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Castillo, Mr. Gabriel Castillo. This is easy. This uh, is easy. Can you tell me <laughs> what is the name of the agreement between the Italian state and the Vatican over the property rights of the Vatican? And, and let me explain why Adrian doesn't know this answer. Because this answer is actually, this is a quick trivia question. This answer was actually on Captain America Civil War. Really? And they, they, call it, they call it the Sokovia Accords. This is, so that's a, that's an extra tip for mm. you. Interesting. So your answer the is Accords. the Sokovia Accords. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So uh, Rhonda, let me recap here. Uh, Mr. Castillo okay. says Sokovia Accords, and Mr. Uh, Fonseca says the Lateran Treaty. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Oh, Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Oh goodness. Um. Let's see. Um. Adrian. Survey oh, says. Goodness. That's two for two. Oh, my yeah, oh, my this is a Copia Captain America. I mean, really? That's awesome. I love that. That's great. I was so sure I was fooled. No, in fact, you were right. It is the Lateran Treaty. It established the Vatican City State. By the way. So yeah. I, I okay. bet it was signed at the St. John Lateran. I bet that's why they was... it was. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. that, why? Because that's the cathedral of Rome and the very chair of, of the Pope is at St. John Lateran, not at St. Peter's Basilica, just so you know. Okay. All right. Okay. So in all honesty, Rhonda, this uh, next yes, question sir. is probably very tricky. Okay. So truth okay, in advertising. Okay. I am on your side, even I... if they are not, just so you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We will go back to Gabriel Castillo for this third question. Gabe, uh, can right. you tell yeah. me, are genuflections made before living persons? You know how we get on our knee, we go into mass, we before we go into the pew, we go all the way down onto the knee. Those are called genuflections. Are they done before persons, living persons, other than the Holy Eucharist? The, oh, oh. I would say... To be honest with you, um, give me a second here. <laughs> so, are genuflections made before a living person? Running you out of time. You should have given me these questions beforehand so I don't look like such an idiot. You, <laughs> you have a theology degree. Uh, and you started a master's program. So I think yeah, you're pretty I, good. I'm, I'm, question, I'm questioning everything at this time. I'm running <laughs> out of time. We, you got to hurry. I'm running out of time now. This is. I'm, give me a second to type it in. Uh, no. You, okay, so your answer is no. There are no I genuflections know, before persons. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. No. Adrian, I wonder what you're going to say, but can you tell me, are genuflections made before living persons, other than the Holy Eucharist in the tabernacle? Uh, that's, a good, that's a good point. Uh, yes. The answer is yes, you do. Uh, popes, cardinals, bishops, kings, I would say yes. Are you kidding me? Show hosts. Are the show hosts on the title? Show, show hosts. Show hosts. Mm-hmm. Morning radio show hosts. Not usually, mm, mm, or okay. ever, neither. Uh, seems like there's a chance there. Okay, uh, Rhonda, just to be clear here, Adrian says, yes, there are examples of genuflecting before people, other than the Holy Eucharist and the Tabernacle. But Mr. Castillo says, no, there's no examples of that. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. Adrian. Survey says... I think this is the first time I got all three right. Wow. 
congratulations. Oh uh, I don't know how Mr. Castillo was able to get all three wrong, uh, but somehow. Don't go to the University of St. Thomas. Oh, that's where I went, though. Oh, oh. Okay, let me say one more thing. Stay awake during your classes at the University of St. Thomas. Get your money's worth, is what Stay you're saying. Awake. All right, uh, Gabriel Castillo, thank you for being thank a celebrity guys. guest participant in our Fear and Trembling game show today. Gabby After Hours, oh, check him out on YouTube. He is uh, an incredible Catholic evangelist. We're very grateful to you. Oh, goodness. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. All this right, Rhonda, so you you are in the coffee cup three times, by the way. Oh, wow. You know, so you get three oh, wow. chances. If it's God's will, your name will be pulled out of the cup on Friday. So you're going to have to tune back in for that. But you've been a lot of fun. Thank you and have thank a you. great day today. Oh, oh yes, sir. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much. God all right. Bless We're going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold so Adrian will get your phone number. But uh, that is going to do it for the radio side of our program today. Thank you for joining Catholic Drive Time. It's always a lot of fun to hang out with you uh, during the radio side of our program. If you want to hang out in the after show where we will conversate more casually about whatever is on your heart, your mind, your thoughts, well, you get to drive those conversations with your comments on our live video feeds, whether it's uh, Facebook or YouTube, or even on our very website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Patrick Truman is going to be our guest tomorrow in the guest segment in the first hour. He is the founder of the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. Going to have a pretty powerful conversation there. But we have a a wonderful lineup for the rest of this week. We'll hope you'll join us. Don't forget, Paul Kingor. We're giving out that full one-hour conversation about the devil and Karl Marx and socialism and communism. It's going to be in your email inbox tomorrow afternoon, so be sure to join our email list first, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get in on that. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you in the after show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to uh, Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. That was a lot of fun. Gabriel Castillo, that guy. So much fun. Um, he, made that, he made that a blast. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, we may have to have him back on. So, um, yeah, in the after show, we conversate about whatever it is you want to conversate about. If you're brand new here, if you've never like hung out with us in the after show, let me just give you some fair warning. Uh, the after show tends to be way more casual, way more relaxed, way more uh, um, inside jokish because, you know, it's the super fans hanging out with us. It's the usual suspects. And so they all know the jokes. So if you're new here, uh, don't do not be afraid to comment because we also like to lavish a lot of love on first time commenters. So be sure to tell us where you're from. And, uh, and we'll, we'll lavish our love upon you and thank you for being a first-time commenter. And we'll tell you all the inside humor that we're going to be tossing about back and forth. Right now, Adrian is, is on the phone with Rhonda, our contestant for the game show. And she was a lot of fun, too. So praise be to God. Um, 
But Gabriel, God, that was that was fun. Gabe was a blast. He did such a great job being a good sport. I asked him to get all the answers wrong, and he was so kind to uh, to be willing to uh, to do that. So thank you, Gabriel Castillo, Gabby. After hours, check cracked me up. I was I could not, I could not. I was laughing so hard. That was amazing. The Sokovia Accords. Dominic wants to be on the game show. Dominic, uh, yeah, definitely. You want to be? Do you want to be a contestant, Dominic, or do you want to be one of the persons that gets answers right or wrong? Hmm. Uh, y- y- let me know. I want to thank everybody who's been hanging out with us today. We had a problem with our stream. It crashed on us, so we kind of lost uh, the initial uh, effort, but I think b- most people have come back. Gloria Lopez on YouTube side, good morning to you. Christopher Chance, good morning. Good to see you. Of course, Admon Toma. Is Admon Toma a brand new commenter? Um, he commented, or they commented during our What's Concerning Us, and I was mentioning the Israel-Gaza conflict. That may be worthy of a, a continued conversation in the after show. But good morning to you. Angelo, good morning. Mike K, good morning. Eric Rodriguez, it's good to see you guys. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us. And of course, Dominic. Dominic, Adrian did a real good, real good at the game show today, according to Genevieve. Thanks, Genevieve. I'm very, very happy that I was able to uh, get three for three for once. <laughs> Mary Barone, she misses Emily. I know. I'm sorry. Emily, uh, Emily felt she needed to move on. So we'll, let's keep her in our prayers. Uh, but uh, we, we're still working on her replacement. Of course, as I said yesterday, nothing has been decided or finalized we're still not there so we're working on it keep us in your prayers uh pray for god's holy will in finding the perfect replacement uh for our team and to uh, round it out because let me tell you it is not easy i think i mentioned this yesterday you know getting up at 3 a.m monday through friday is hard enough then of course you know you have to have your mind with you yeah your mind has to be working has to be sharp. Your tongue has to be cooperating with the mind. And uh, in the beginning, in the early days of Catholic Drive Time, it felt almost impossible for me to to get my act together. Um, it's come a long way. It's still very hard, though, to articulate, to read properly. And then you throw then you throw complicated names in there, and oh my, <laughs> it just it gets tongue twisted pretty darn fast. So I would love, love, love to have the perfect replacement on the team to help round out and to help uh, help with the, the, the to-do tasks, like the news, for instance. That would be amazing. But God's will be done in all things. Let's see, Joaquin, good morning to you. Stan, Luz, Josh, Sean, Susan, good morning to you. Lori, it's good to see you. Don, thanks for hanging out. Of course, Mary Barone, again, thank you for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. Don Quintero, Chicago needs her for sure. Amen. Amen. Uh, who else is on with us? Buddy Kane, good morning. Um, some questions there. Uh, Jesus Robles says, dudes, Gabriel has to have, has to has most, uh, has, what? what? Was that a sentence? Jesus. Dudes, Gabriel has Ma- to have. Master, Master Robles. <laughs> Talk about degrees here. It's, it's hard. It's hard to message on, uh, on text. <laughs> dudes. Uh, but he, I think he's saying, dudes, Gabriel has to be uh participate more he has the gab he's got the gab. he's got it down he is the we, he's really good talking on air that's we have for sure to, uh we should we should force him upon, you should see his podcast upon pain Excellent. of excommunication Excellent. to force him to be a part of our show just That'd avoid the podcast he did with with joe that one's not very good it's but less all his other ones are great yeah that's the only downside in his entire catalog was the one that i was on 
Uh, let's see who else is who else is here. Uh, of course, our we buddy got a Jesus. new listener, Christopher Chance. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us, Christopher Chance. Praise be to God. Um, let's see, Patty. Patty was on. She, I know she always goes to listen to uh, Holy Mass. Thank you, Patty, for hanging out with us. William Hemsworth on uh, YouTube side. Hey, is a new listener. Praise he said, "Good morning. I'm listening from Tuscan." And found Whoa. your show about four weeks ago. Glad I did. Praise Thank you. Uh, be to Jesus now Christ. he's not a first-time commenter. He's he, not. He has commented before. Oh, but oh. that does not mean okay. Returning commenter. What? What? Not not that one. No, not that one. That's the one, right? No. What are we talking about? That's not the one you meant. This the horns of the apocalypse. This is the proper way to welcome returning uh, members of the Catholic Drive Tab family. William Hemsworth, which has a podcast, by the way. Um, feel free to co- comment with your link there, William. Do you go by William or Bill? I, I mean, I, at a certain point, you get old enough, you're like, you have to have the more proper name. Um, but I've still refused. I refused. I'm still going by Joe. Although I am drinking black coffee now, so I guess that says something about my age. Yeah, same. I can't go by my nickname from when I was younger anymore. Uh, Jeff, Bur- no, Sienna says, wow, Adrian, showed up that other guy, and every day I watch Emily on her YouTube channel. Oh, praise be to God. That's hilarious. Is uh, Emily posting on YouTube already? No. She hasn't. She must be watching her old stuff. Hopefully soon, though, Sienna. Hopefully soon. That'll be fun. Um, praise be to God. There was some comments here I wanted to go back through. I'm trying to poke back through them. If you guys have anything you want to talk about specifically, please feel free to comment. And uh, questions, comments, whatever you like, and we'll certainly read them. Otherwise, I'm going to go back through some of the stuff that was part of the conversations during the live radio show. Dan said, uh, I was at St. John Cantus, my church, at the 1230 Extraordinary Forum, and what a mass YouTube it. And let me say, Catholicism is truth, and Latin mass is unbelievable. Yes, Dan, I actually lived with the canon regular St. John Cantus uh, for about three days. I uh, was discerning with them, and I w- uh, went to Chicago and stayed with them for a couple days. And yes, it is an absolutely stunning church, and they are they probably have the best um live streamed mass so i highly recommend it so if you ever wanted to experience aladdin mass and you're like kind of scared of like you know it's super weird it's not the same thing i'm used to i highly recommend going on youtube looking up the canons regular of saint john cantus and watching their aladdin mass because it is absolutely stunning you'll be blown away and um the guys there are very orthodox, good people. They they just ordained uh, one of the brothers, uh, so it's a lot of it's great. I know Emily; uh, she was uh, would go to St. John Cantus pretty often because that's in Chicago. Uh, I actually uh, stayed an extra few days and stayed with Emily when I was uh, visiting Chicago. Yeah, I would like to visit that particular church someday. Oh, it's it was voted the most beautiful church in America a few years ago. You know, um, I we. When we were streaming masses, we streamed one of mass from the St. John Cantons. And uh, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, probably, the camera angles are pretty limited. So the camera, the streaming masses don't do justice to the place. So it'd be nice to get beyond all of that so you can, you can see the, the, the more epic space in its glory. Someday. Yes, Dan. It was Father Nathan. That's what his name was. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, Brother Nathan. Uh, I knew him as Brother Nathan. But yes, he's Father Nathan now. Uh, he, he said his first Mass. That's awesome. Praise so, be to God. So, Buddy Kane. Um, it's a hard question. How do I say your last name, Buddy? Kanan? 
Buddy Kanan? Is that how I say it? And his first name, I think, isn't Buddy because he called in to the David Dave's uh, Dave Palmer show mm. uh, last week, and he said his name, but I'm now forgetting what it is. His um, first name. But he asked a great question. It's uh, a hard question. It's a hard question. It's related to the topic of Israel versus Gaza. Uh, by the way, it looks like uh, Rhonda may be on hold. I'm not sure why. She called back in. Oh. If you want to go check on that, that'd be great. Um, I'll set this up. Joseph. Thanks, Joseph, for being a part of our family. We really appreciate it. You ask a great question. It says, uh, this is uh, Joseph and or Buddy Canaan's question. It says, what is the Catholic position on Abraham's covenant and the land of Israel belonging to the Hebrew people? I was told that I was a Zionist by Catholic nun to say that the, co- the covenant is still in place. Now, that's a good question. Um, it is, an, it is a, a valid covenant. That's the, at the end of the day, it is a valid covenant. However, we would say, and I, the best person I've ever come across on covenant theology in the Catholic sphere is Dr. Scott Hahn. His book, Kinship, Kinship by Covenant, which is his doctoral thesis, is literally four inches, three and a half, four inches thick. It's, and it'll make your mind hurt, actually. When I first read it, my mind started to uh, get contorted because it was just so far above my head. He's got another book that he wrote, which is a, let's just say it's a watered-down version of his of his uh, PhD, and that's called A Father Who Keeps His Promises. He wrote that version for what was his teenage sons at the time, so that they could better understand covenant theology, and I highly recommend it. First Comes Love is another book by Scott Hahn, which is also very, very good. But if you really want to dive super deep into covenant theology, I would recommend The uh, Kinship by Covenant, which is his doctoral thesis. And essentially, he patterns, he goes through the, the, the covenant... Um, you can purchase them. You, if you go to uh, the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, Joseph, you'll be able to find all of these books linked up. But if you just Google Scott Hahn, Dr. Scott Hahn, he is a professor of scripture and theology uh, at Steubenville. He is the founder of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. All of his books are linked up there, as, as well as many, many more resources. There are lectures he's given on covenant theology that is just mind-numbingly awesome. Um, I, w- I had the great privilege of working with Dr. Hahn when I was at the Fullness of Truth Catholic Evangelization Ministries for many years. But when he goes through the, the when he goes through the survey of covenants in sacred scripture, and you have the covenant mediators, Dr. John Bergsma is also another person who I would recommend on the subject. If you can get a copy of his uh, semesters, Old Testament semester and New Testament semesters, which I have gone through several times actually. Uh, he sells them on CDs. Maybe there are audio downloads now. Um, Dr. John Bergsma, another great uh, person to go for this. He's got, an, he's got a book out too that's super simple, super thin, super easy to read. Okay, I'm avoiding this topic. Here's the deal. You go through the covenant and the covenant mediators in sacred scripture, Adam, and you get Noah, right? And then you get Abraham and you get uh, Moses. You get David even. And then you get Jesus. At the end of the day, in all the covenant mediators and all the covenants that were established with the people of God, they were pointing to the day when Jesus Christ would fulfill all of those covenants in in himself. And in fact, with every covenant, as Dr. Hahn points out, there's the covenant blessings and then there's the covenant curses. So covenants, unlike contracts, Contracts are the exchange of goods and services for the sake of economy. I hire you to do a job for me. 
I'm going to pay you X and you're going to perform service Y for me. And if you break your end of the bargain, well, here's the penalties. If you keep your end of the bargain, here's the payment, right? So that's a contract. But unlike a contract, a covenant is the exchange, not of goods and services, but is the exchange of persons for the sake of not economy, but of building up the family. So I give to you myself, I take you to me, and we are now family. A good example might be in Exodus 24, when Moses sets up the 12 uh, princes of the tribes of Israel, or priests, they're priests, the 12 priests. He sets them up on pillars, and they offer sacrifices, and he collects the blood from each of their sacrifices. He mixes them together, and before all the people assembled, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, or the body of the church, there assembled in front of the altar, Moses sprinkles this blood on the people and on the altar, because now God and his people share the same blood. And I'll never forget Never forget that image of, I think it was outlaw Josie Wales, wasn't it? Uh, cutting his hand and joining it to the cut hand of that Indian chief. And they, be, uh, and they become uh, blood brothers. They share blood. It's like a covenant, right? They're, they're exchanging blood and they're becoming family. And because they're family, they're on the same side and they have, they have mutual interests. So covenant is about the exchange of persons to create family. Well, all the covenant mediators point towards the one, uh, the one Messiah that would come and fulfill all of the penalties and all of the covenants established before him. He would take them on. For instance, uh, in, the, in the Mosaic covenant, it was, it was being hung on the tree. Uh, in the Davidic covenant, it was having the, the, the whip, the lash, the, uh, the scourging of Jesus. And, the, and with the uh, Adamic covenant, it was the crowning of thorns. Um, so this is the point, is Jesus has fulfilled all of the Old Testament covenants in himself, which is why at his sacrifice on Calvary, that put an end to the remedial sacrifices in the temple of animal sacrifices. And even David himself would point to this and say, you know, it is not blood, the blood of bulls and goats that you want, but it is, it is my, my heart, a contrite heart that you wish. So Jesus has fulfilled all the covenants in sacred scripture. There's nothing left to be fulfilled. The people of God, the new Israel is the ecclesia. It's the same ecclesia in the Old Testament but now under the new covenant of Christ, which is the fulfillment of all covenants in sacred scripture. So when we look at, when we look at Israel, Israel's the state. Those people, that's the state, that they're a sovereign country. Now, maybe you're like, well, you could be on the side that says they should never be there. That could be one half of the argument. Or you could be on the side that says they belong there, that's their homeland. I agree. I do believe that's the, the homeland of the Hebrews. I think archaeology has made that, made that case pretty strongly. Um, and that's part of this, what the government in Israel is trying to do, is trying to prove their archaeological roots there. That may be true. However, that doesn't necessarily mean or guarantee anything. However, it doesn't matter. They're a state. They're living there. They're a country. They're a sovereign nat nation. Whether you like it or not is kind of beside the point. And the question becomes, do they have a right to defend themselves? Yes, a state has a right to defend its citizens. Now, I don't agree with every tactic and strategy that the state of Israel uh, embarks upon. Uh, as Dr. E. Michael Jones has been on our program, he's pointed out some of the very, very... Uh, 
tactics that we would say are horrible and shouldn't be done. Like, for instance, the use of pornography as a weapon against the Gaza, uh, people in Gaza. But just because I would disagree with some things and the strategies of the state of Israel doesn't mean I also don't disagree with the strategies of Hamas in, in Gaza. You can't excuse one or the other, and I think that's an important point. So, on the covenant issue, I would say, I'm going to let Adrian comment too, I would say, covenants have been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. The new covenant, the new, the ecclesia, the people of God, the new Israel is the Catholic Church, and the new economy is the holy sacraments. They were hidden, as St. Augustine would say, in the Old Testament. You could see their four types. You could see the prefigurements there. You could see the clues. If we were investigators, we would see the clues that were pointing to something greater that would come. And that thing that came was Jesus Christ taking upon himself the sins of the world and all the punishments of all the old covenants, fulfilling them perfectly, and then giving and pouring out the blessings of those covenants through the Catholic faith, which is the new Israel, which is the, the new covenant. And that is the economy in which we live in now. That is the new people of Israel. That is the ecclesia. That is God's intention and design. And we see that in the pages of sacred scripture, especially the New Testament. I'm thinking of Matthew 18, for instance. Um, and I'm also thinking of the book of Revelation and so many other places. So at any rate, uh, my answer would be, um, we don't recognize, I mean, it, it was a legitimate covenant with Abraham. That part we recognize. But it has been fulfilled in Christ. And that's why God is calling all people into his family to become one. And that's what we saw in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well, when Jesus says, the day is coming and is now here, that we won't just worship on this mountain, but on every mountain in true faith. What would you say, Adrian? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I guess to try to answer the question succinctly and directly, the, how do, let me reread the question. What is the Catholic position on Abraham's covenant and the land of Israel belonging to the Hebrew people. I was told that I was a Zionist by a Catholic nun to say that the covenant is still is in place. So there's a lot of nuance that has to be had here. And a lot of, um, so there's a lot of different positions that there are, are and to say the Catholic position, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say a Catholic position just yet because I researched this a long time ago and um, I guess not that long ago, about four years ago in college, we talked about this and I want to, I want to re-examine it, um, with, with more information and, uh, with, through the eyes of tradition. But there's, uh, about four different positions, essentially. There's dispensationalism, um, which is basically like the Jews no longer matter. Covenant theology, which is saying the covenant's still in place. Then you have the, what's referred to as, um, Replacement theory or transfer theory, uh, which is the idea that the covenant was transferred to the Catholic Church. Um, and then you have the continuity of religion position, which is that the, um, there, that the, the, the covenant is still in place, but the Catholic Church is a fulfillment of the Jews and therefore it's not transferred, but it is still present in the Catholic Church. Now these, all these positions have, um, some things that are correct, some things that may not be correct. I'm going to say may not be correct because I, I'm leaning right now towards a continuity of religion position, although I'm not certain. So don't 
quote me on that. I'm, uh, I, I reserve the right to change my mind. Uh, <laughs> so I'm hedging a lot because I'm not, I'm not certain on my, what my own position is just yet. But the, uh, what we do know is that scripture does say that the Catholic church is the new Israel. Obviously it doesn't say the Catholic church, but the church is the new Israel. Uh, just like our Lord said, there'll be a new heaven, the new earth. There is the new Israel, and that is the church. And we see throughout the fathers and the saints referring to the church as the new Israel. Uh, and so, a, and I think it is clear among the tradition of the popes and the fathers that the, the land of Israel today, if we're talking about that in particular and not the covenant theology as a whole, the land of Israel primarily belonged to us as Christians because that is the place where our Lord lived. And that is a place where our Lord died. Uh, so that is a, it holds the greatest value to us. And, um, the, and so I would say no, that it would, it's primarily our, um, our land, our, to, that belong to us. Now, the question about um, whether or not we should support Israel is a totally different question because, I mean, the reality is it's a Jewish state now. And so how do we respond? Well, I would argue, and there's different positions that are all legitimate. So I'm not saying my position is the only position you're allowed to have. But uh, I, my position is, you know, the Jews uh, run Israel. It is a Jewish state, and there is a relative. Uh, I'm hesitant to say peace, but there's hesitant. There's relative um, working together with uh, the other faiths there that are uh, that would be worse if the Muslims took over. And the option really isn't that the Catholic Church take over Israel at the moment. I mean, I'm a huge supporter of the Crusades, so there's that. But uh, ultimately, yes, it belongs to the church, but right now in the current climate, uh, you have basically two options and I support Israel over the, uh, the Muslims. So that's my personal position, though I wouldn't hate or uh, just deride someone for having a different position. Um, in terms of the, the actual covenant theology, that's, that's, I think that's the extent of what I'm going to leave it at for now. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to look into it more and maybe I will, uh, we can talk about it again. Um, maybe next Thursday and during the after show mm. might be a might be a good time to talk about it. But uh, yeah, so that's what I say. And Zionism, no, we can't be. Zionism is a little wacky. It's uh, evangelical. Uh, we're, we're trying to bring about the second coming. Yada yada yada. Uh, yeah, we need to rebuild the temple. That's I, whack. That's the other element of this conversation that I think is also important to bring up. Is there is an evangelical Protestant um, layer? to the conversation that I think a lot of Catholics have gone over to, not really thinking about it in this terms, but default, same thing, right? Same result. And um, there is an element among Protestant Christians, evangelicals in particular, who think that they could help bring about the second coming of Christ if they could help the Jews rebuild that temple. Take over, rebuild that temple, because to them, that's part of end times theology, and so they, they, I think they mistakenly think that it's this ultimately is a good thing if they could just bring about the second coming of Christ. And I think they ought to, there ought to be a pause in that and a thought, a thoughtfulness. What does it mean to bring about the second coming of Christ? It means the judgment of the world. You know, if you go back and look at the covenant with Noah, when, when God decided that it was time to bring about the flood and to destroy the creation which he made, the souls that which he brought about. Um, it was because of the per sexual perversity had reached its peak. Selfishness had reached its peak. Uh, perversions of all kinds. The good line of Seth was corrupted by the evil line of Cain. 
in um, this is part of the part of the brilliancy of what Dr. Scott Hahn has brought to the faithful in his work, A Father Who Keeps His Promises, is a great starting spot. Again, written to be very consumable, very easy to understand, even for knuckleheads like me. Uh, a Kinship by Covenant, that's for the intellects. Uh, Father Keeps His Promises, that's for knuckle-draggers like me. I, I recommend it. And you'll see, when that comes, God's bringing about the flood to start all over. Now, and, hold on, I, mean, I want to make this point. Okay. Um, in, in that moment, God waited and was patient. He tolerated so many evils, so much, uh, uh, so much disdain for him by his own creation, by his own people. Why was he so patient? Why was he so long-suffering? Why didn't he just, I mean, if it were me, uh, if, if I had to be the judge of, of the world, pow, take that, right? I mean, because I'm a sinful person, I'm a concupiscent-natured person, boy, I'm not tolerating much. You cut me off in traffic, boy, I need my revenge right now. But God's not that way. God is long-suffering. He puts up with a lot. Why? For the sake of souls, for the salvation of souls. And in the moment of the flood, those there might still be many opportunities to repent before they take their last breath. And then they get to spend eternity in heaven. You know, 80 years on this planet does not even scratch the surface to eternity in joyful bliss in the beatific vision in heaven. So our concept of life and death is so limited here. We lack the gravity of eternity in our contemplation of life and death here. So, if you, we bring about the judgment, if we were, if we had somehow, some had the power to bring about judgment, to bring about the end times, if we just simply built the temple in Jerusalem, by the way, the apostate Justin, the emperor of Rome, couldn't do it. He was prevented. He tried. He tried. And if anybody could, it'd been him. But God wouldn't allow him to do it either. But let's just say we could. And we could bring back, we could force the hand of God to make the second coming come now. How many souls would be damned forever? Because they weren't ready to repent of their sins. I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't want to be responsible for that. What do you say? Last, 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 uh, last take on this. Yes, real quick, because uh, I just want to respond to a couple comments on this topic. Uh, one thing, the Mike said, sounds like Adrian is coming down on the side of the kingdom of Jerusalem. Uh, I mean, it depends what you mean by the kingdom of Jerusalem. If by kingdom of Jerusalem you mean a Catholic kingdom of Jerusalem, then yes, that's what I come on the side of. I think that would be the ultimate goal. I mean, that's what we see. That's the whole purpose of the Crusades was to reclaim the Holy Land for the church. And I'm a huge supporter of the Crusades, uh, the moral ones. Um, and the, so that, that's just to clarify that position. Oh, and good morning, Mr. Thomas. Thanks for rejoining us. It's good to see you. Um, and another comment uh, on the same thing was, Buddy said, I use the covenant defense uh, that the land is the Jews over Islam. Is that proper? Uh, thank you for your insight. Uh, I would say it's not improper, but uh, honestly, the way I defend it is simply that I, they, people will say it's stolen land. It's like every, all land is stolen land, so who cares? Um, so my, my more of my position is simply they have it. And they're a legitimate nation because they have it now. Uh, so they'd have a right to defend themselves. Well, uh, so. I think the most insightful question so far from the audience is... And I was uh, going to get to that one. ...is from Josh Patterson. Yep. And it's uh, Adrian Fonseca, why did you shave? That was, that was the it's one. It's definitely the most insightful 
question on the topic. I would say he says you didn't you look, read the finish it. You didn't finish. He the says you look like a baby. There you go. There you go. That's the rest <laughs> of the comment. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that was. I was gonna get to that. That was the last yes, one I was gonna get to. Sir, I, uh, I told the story yesterday. I'll give the short version because we're about to go off. The short version is it was an accident. I was trying to trim it and then I <laughs> shaved too much and then I had to shave it all off. Uh, so now. Now I am uh, Now I'm naked I, It feels really weird I look like a baby You're right uh, And it takes me forever To grow anything So I might just Stay clean shaven now I don't know uh, Let me know what you think Should I just stay clean shaven At this point Because uh, it took me months To grow anything before So I don't know There you go uh, the, the You know I have lots of uh, Challenges when it comes to hair Just not on the chin though uh, I, got, I pretty much Can Can grow beard hair no problem it's just what's on top is the issue for me at any rate that is going to have to do it for today's catholic drive time praise be to god we are looking forward to tomorrow's conversation uh with uh, pat truman he served under bush senior if i'm not mistaken to enforce the laws of or no bush jr uh to, to enforce the laws of pornography distribution he founded the national center for Se- sexual exploitation we're going to be conversating with him about the harms of pornography on society. That's tomorrow's conversation. Looking forward to that. Friday is going to be a difficult day, but a powerful day nonetheless. And uh, we'll tell you more about that tomorrow. So thanks for hanging out with us today, being a part of Catholic Drive Time. God bless you, and God love you. We're very grateful to uh, have such a a great group of, of listeners to the program.